With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Really, really like football a lot, and I like yeah. soccer. 
Soccer's okay, just a lot of running around. You got to understand why is this happening, why are they running back and forth so much. I mean, my son so-called wanted to play uh, soccer, and I told him straight up, look here, man, you know, them boys, you know, that's a lot of running. He only like to run when he <laughs> plays football. So I'm like, look, dude, that's a lot of running. He don't, he don't know what he's getting into. And, but, um, and I like, I like cheerleading. Cheerleading is a sport. Um, I like to watch the, the you know, the competition cheerleading teams. So that's interesting. Well, I came from At first I thought it wasn't a sport until I started paying more attention to what these girls go through. Uh, yeah. I'm a cheerleader. You know, my daughter at one time did have a little cheerleading experience. But uh, other than that, you know, it's a sport. I got I got to give it up to them, Jen. I got to give it up They're to them. They're very athletic. Very oh, yeah. athletic. Oh, yeah. But, you know, them little boys that's on the team, you know, hey, hey, hey. Some of them straight and some of them, hey, you need to check them little boys. Get them in order. Oh, gosh. There's a Great. lot of... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, with the music that I'm playing in the background, I want to say R.I.P. to uh, Pimp C. Uh, you know, also we found out today, uh, this is all for my southern hip-hop heads out there, Mama West, uh, Pimp C's mother, she passed today. So, you know, I want to send condolences to the Butler family. Uh, you know, and all the people that were affiliated with Trill Entertainment. Um, you know, it's a sad day in Southern Hip Hop, and you know she's with her son now. And you know, it's 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 just you know you never know. At the song that her son penned, one day you're here, the next day you're gone. So, you know, I want to give condolences to their family, to the Butler family, and to her grandson and the children of Chad Butler. So, you know, for all those that know about UGK. You know what I'm saying? Let, let's send a big prayer up to the family, man, and uh, support that family in their time of uh, grief. But, uh, Jen, on to some other stuff. Have you had a chance to see the picture of Kanye West and them babies? Kanye West and uh, Kim Kardashian. Is it me, or do Kim Kardashian look a little funny? That she had his baby. Uh, Jen, your mic messed up over there. Well, I guess so. But yeah, she looks a little. She looks a little funny. And uh, what's going on with this baby is that uh, you know Kanye West is spending a whole lot of money to uh, fortify fortify his cars, make sure that those cars are safe and secure, like 1.5 million dollars per vehicle, to make sure that this baby is safe and secure. Now, if it was me, you know what I'm saying, I'd hire maybe two, three bodyguards, that one right in the front, one right in the back. So, you know, my baby would definitely be safe, but I don't know if I could spend $1.5 million on a car just to secure my baby. Like, somebody really want to sit down. I thought it was egregious and gross, like, about the whole car. Um, just because no one's going to, like, they have security. They have, I don't think anyone is after them on that level. Kanye West is a paranoid young brother. That's all I can say. One point five million dollars on the car? No. And like I said, with uh, just looking at just looking at uh, Kim Kardashian right now, I mean, she don't look the same no more. Like, I, I think this is taking a toll. I think Kanye is crazy. I, I, you know, I really, I said this before. I agree with Wendy Williams. I don't think this is going to end well. I think that she's going to have a very big fight uh, ahead of her. She might be in the same position as. You 
But I will say this, Jen, Kanye West has enough money to, if she ever wanted to take it to court, she going to lose it. The boy will put it on. Now, her yeah. family ain't, ain't broke. Her family's broke by no means. No, but, but Kanye is crazy on top of all of his millions of dollars, and I think he will fight her to the death, you know, for the baby. I believe so, too. And I want to give a shout-out to all those that's buying those new iPhones. They talking about they got a new iPhone coming out, iPhone C. Uh, I'm down with the droid, just point blank. I don't have to sit up here and, you know, buy stuff through iTunes and all that crap. All you people out there that got that doggone iPhone, mm, I feel sorry for you. They talking about the price, maybe in the 600s, six to $700 for a phone. Phone. I just think that's just that's a that's egregiously gross too. Like you should not pay six hundred dollars for a telephone. I mean, it should never ever ever be that serious. I, I just I just don't think so. Not unless it was just like your corporate phone and you did every. I, I just don't I, like as a regular person, you have no business having like a six hundred dollar phone. That's just yeah, crazy. That's true. All right, y'all. On to tonight. Tonight. The show of the title, the title of the show, I said the show of the title, the title of the show is called The Minority Report. Uh, basically, what we're going to be talking about tonight, we're going to be talking about a couple of different subjects that, you know, are prevalent in the minority community or the black, whatever, different colors, you know, the same things that we pay attention to. But some of the subjects that we're going to talk about tonight is Mayor Bloomberg up in New York. He got that stop and frisk, the constitutional constitutionality of it. It was scrubbed down. A lot of bad things about it. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about Oprah Winfrey with that little incident over in Switzerland. And if you've been on the rock, <laughs> this whole situation with Russell Simmons and his Harriet Tubman sex tape spoof, man, I got the response to this brother and why he said he did what he did with that sex tape on his YouTube channel. And also, Robin Thicke, Clifford Harris, and Pharrell Williams, they sued the Marvin Gaye family over this blurred line record. Now, we got little clips for y'all a little bit later on. We're going to play a couple of clips in regards to that right there. I want y'all to tell me what you think. The phone lines are open. The number to dial, 718-508-9972. You know, we're going to do this thing tonight. And what we're going to do right here, y'all, for all those that didn't get the opportunity to hear Tuesday morning takeover, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to play a record that's played on Tuesday Morning Takeover all the time. And I like this record. So if you like this record, make sure that you tune in every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern to 12 uh, p.m. Central. I mean Eastern. That's 10 to 12. Make sure you tune in to this show. You're going to hear this record again on that show. So this is Willie Taylor. The record is called Morning. Y'all check this one out. You're listening to The Middleman on Blog Talk Radio, Middleman Radio. Here we go.
right there. Yes, that is Willie from Make Another Band with P. Diddy. That's that Willie. I like that. Yeah, that's a good record. I'm telling you, it's one of the ones that just smooth. It's, it's adult. It's cool. It ain't overly sexualized. I mean, I can let my mama listen to that one. But if you yeah, want to like, like that again, make sure you tune in with us on Tuesday mornings. That's the Tuesday morning takeover from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. That's Eastern. Make sure you join our man, Nick Eden, with the Tuesday morning takeover. And before we begin with these topics right here, I want to give a shout-out to our people, Cotton Kings. You know what I'm saying? they got a great brand of shirts. Make sure y'all go check out the Cotton Kings. Um, man, if they get that website up, I would love to plug that website. But uh, Cotton Kings, great shirts. Uh, we're still waiting on our box for the Cotton Kings shirts, so it's all good. 
but I support them brothers. All right, on to today, on to today's show. Uh, like we said, we're going to be discussing a couple of various uh, topics today, and we're going to start off with Mayor Bloomberg and this stop and frisk law in New York. And he also has another situation out there, Jen, where he wants all of the tenants of the housing authority, the New York Housing Authority, all the tenants that live in the projects, basically, he wants them to start giving fingerprints to get entry way into the buildings that they live in. This guy is crazy. Why? He said, um, Why? just like his stop and frisk law, that it will prevent people from getting in the buildings and pre- uh, uh, prevent them from basically starting crimes in those particular buildings. No, it so, won't. If, all it would do is add cost to the tax. You know how costly it would to be to fingerprint all those people? And, and it really, it's, it's a violation of privacy. Yeah. I, you know, that's just gross. But from the story that uh, that I got this from, they're actually going to uh, put in electrical locks with, like, cards. Like, if you don't have that electrical card that can scan like you would get into a dorm, you won't be able to get into those particular buildings. Now... You know, like I know, I, I'm, I'm gonna just keep this frank and blunt. Mayor Bloomberg is an old man from the old garden. Yes, I truly believe that this dude is a racist. I don't like to call the race card on a lot of people, but I truly believe that this guy is racist. I really do, because some of the things of that he's implementing I mean, is crazy. What is the what what point? Because first of all, if anybody is you lived in a dorm. Or you know that you know all you have to do is just scan someone in. You know, I just don't think it's going to prevent crime like it is. All it does is create profiles on people. They can bring people in for questioning, run their you know fingerprints through the system. I think it's it's just it's profiling people and it's unfair. And and to let this happen, you know, so many things are in our country that are happening now. These underlying racist acts are happening now and like no one's saying anything about them like Mm -hmm. that's a severe violation of someone's rights you know just because you know they may need something or you know they have children they're in some kind of situation you never know what the situation is but to violate their rights just because it's in a financial bind it's unfair well you know one thing that they tried to implement a while ago too and I forgot which state it was but they were trying to put put all the criminals' blood in a database, you know, just for the DNA. So along with these fingerprints, eventually they're going to have every aspect of you as a person to, you know, kind of match it up against any crime. And, and you've seen where some of these crimes, like, basically put people in a bad situation, even with the DNA, and they may not have had anything to do with it. Or, or what it does is it gives the right to people to plant fingerprints, to, yep. you know, make crimes how they want to. I, I just don't think that you should ever give someone that much power over you. I think it's a violation. And what is really strange to me is that a lot of these people that are pro, I guess, um, these uh, welfare uh, reform, because this is part of the welfare reform, you know, acts, are like they are against gun laws. They're against, like, gun registration. They're against, you know, I I want you to register for housing, but I don't want you to register housing. It's it's crazy. Yeah, if you get food stamps, basically, you're going to have to fall into the system of what they want you to do. Um, Right now, what we're going to do, I want to get into this whole stop and frisk. If you're not familiar with that, that is a law that stops up to 54% of the blacks, and I think it was like 20-something percent of the Latinos in New York. 
And there's different variations of this law across the country where if you are deemed to be, quote, unquote, suspicious, or you look like you've committed a crime or you've done something wrong, the police can just basically pull up on you and and stop you and go through your pockets and your car and basically just hem you up. So this law has been deemed unconstitutional, you know, in so many realms, but we got a clip right here I want to play in regards to this stop and frisk. And as soon as we get past this clip right here, we're going to get back in to discuss it, okay? Here we go. This is a historic and long overdue victory because what this court has confirmed today is something that uh, many New Yorkers, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of New Yorkers, have known for many, many years. On the 12th of August, a U.S. judge ruled that the New York Police Department's stop and frisk program was unconstitutional because it targeted racially defined groups, all while the city's highest officials turned a blind eye. The ruling has been seen as a massive victory for civil rights groups who have long argued that the controversial program discriminates against the city's African-American and Hispanic populations. And the fact that the judge who made this ruling was a federal one, i.e. one appointed by the president, means that this case could have huge ramifications for similar stop and frisk programs around the United States. Between 2004 and 2012, more than 4.4 million stops were made on the streets of New York City. 84% of these stops were made on African American and Hispanic citizens, despite the fact that these groups make up only 62% of the city's population as a whole. And in 88% of these 4.4 million plus stops, no subsequent ticket was issued i.e. the police found no reason to take further action. But the shocking statistics don't end there. A 2012 report by the New York Civil Liberties Union found that in 2011, the number of frisk searches carried out on young black men was higher than the number of actual young black men living in New York City altogether. The report also found that only 1.8% of the African-American and Hispanic people stopped in 2011 had weapons on them, compared with 3.8% of the white people stopped. But despite all this evidence for discrimination, the city's mayor, Michael Bloomberg, states he will appeal the ruling. This is a very dangerous decision made by a judge that I think just does not understand how policing works and what is compliant with the U.S. Constitution as determined by the Supreme Court. To be clear, Judge Shira Sheenland's ruling doesn't mean that the practice of stop and frisk is going to be banned in New York City, but what it did do is confirm that the NYPD's program targeted people based on the color of their skin and made it clear that this was illegal. To try and prevent this from happening in the future, Sheenland has ordered several measures to be taken, including a trial program where police officers in one precinct of each of the city's five boroughs will be forced to wear body cameras in order to document every single stop that they make. The NYPD's practice of stopping, questioning and frisking, or searching as it's known in the UK, goes back to the 1970s. However, it's only supposed to be carried out by officers where they have reasonable suspicion to believe that someone poses a danger, has committed a crime, or is preparing to commit one. And grounds for reasonable suspicion do not include the colour of someone's skin. 
it is true that also we think it is probably a deterrent to kids for carrying a gun because they know if they happen to be in an area where a crime was committed and they happen to roughly fit the description, which is generally pretty broad, of the perpetrator, they could be stopped and they don't want to have a gun in their hands. Under Mayor Bloomberg, the practice has expanded dramatically. In 2002, the year Bloomberg first came into office, 97,296 stops were made. By 2011, this number had risen to 700,000. That's a seven-fold increase. And according to NYPD officer Pedro Serrano, under Bloomberg, officers have been expected to fill quotas that force them to make more stops than they would have otherwise. But Bloomberg argues the Stop and Frisk program has contributed to a 30% reduction in violent crime in the city since 2001. That was the Stop and Frisk um, report right there. We want to make sure that you guys had the opportunity to hear that. Jen, I, I know you heard some of the numbers on there. I'm going to re- try to uh, put some of these numbers back out on that clip for those that are just tuning in. Today we're talking about the minority report, the things that are more prevalent in the African-American communities and people of color. Um, I'm glad that it was a federal judge that did make this ruling, as she stated, that, you know, it's, it's ramifications across the country with this, because there's a lot of other precincts that primarily do the same thing to us. You know, it's not called Every night. Prince, but it's the same thing. Now, she was saying that out of the 4.4 million residents of New York that were stopped, 84% of them were African-American and Latino. She also stated only 8% were white. How in the world you get that? I mean, and they try to say it's not racial. Um, out of the 4.4 million, 88% of them didn't even get a ticket. 88% did not get a ticket. Now, from what I understand, Jen, the ones that did get tickets or get caught with a gun... Primarily the things that they primarily caught a lot of these guys with were small bags of marijuana. So if you mm-hmm. get caught with weed and you're using all that manpower, all that tax, all that amount of tax dollars just to say, hey, I got a guy that got an ounce of weed, come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. We, we, we need to do better than this, New York. But I, I'm glad that this judge, which I think the president probably put her in that position to do that. I don't know. Yeah, because there, there's discussions just like when um, pre- at the beginning of President Obama's presidency, um, some federal mandatory minimums were scaled back, you know, because of the just um, they weren't equal, like the for the punishment for crack and cocaine, like on the federal level, you had people with small amounts of um, crack. Mm-hmm. Getting these egregious sentences, you know, and these people with, you know, large amount, you know, that equated to the people that were having large amount of cocaine, and you know, as you know, that crack is, you know, normally associated with, you know, people from, you know, ethnic backgrounds because they're selling it in those neighborhoods, and you know, it, it's just they're not the big time coke dealers that are flying it in the country, and they're getting right. like these sentences. You know, it's just it's not. Right, and so, you know, this is another crackdown and said, we're not going to do this. Uh, you know, even the president during the Trayvon Martin case, you know, came out and said, I you know, personally have been stopped. I personally have went through this. And I think, as, you know, our, our kids around the country, we have to start standing up when these things happen. Yes, 
And, and you know, one thing that Mayor Bloomberg was saying in, in his speech as far as why the the law should stand, you know, the description. He said, yes, they may fit. It's a broad description. But when you say a broad description, why is on, why is it 84% of the African Americans and Latinos are the majority of the ones that are getting stopped? How is that a broad description? Mm-hmm. How is that a and, and what and what fits you know, and sometimes it doesn't fit just because, you know, you're black doesn't mean that, you know, that's just the only thing that you go on or you're Hispanic and so I'm gonna mm-hmm. pull over every single Hispanic person, every single black person and you know, that that you know, just because just because you're you know, of that color, now you fit the description of the criminal. That's not fair because we don't do that to white people. Exactly. When they go out and, you know, they're still a killer, we don't knock on every white person's door and say, you're white, you know, you could be the serial killer. No, we don't do that. So it's not fair to do it to other races. It's, it's not fair, and it's not right. Now, one other thing I wanted to say about this, and we're going to go ahead and move on to our next story, is that what if our Jewish brothers and sisters had the same thing happening to them? Because a lot of people don't realize the Gestapo in Nazi Germany did the same thing to the Jewish people. So how is this different when you're targeting a certain particular sector of America? Same difference. I, I don't think that. I just think that a lot of America doesn't relate to. Uh, and I and I will say this bluntly. I think a lot of white America does not relate. Ethnically and racially to other races outside themselves. A lot, not saying that all, because I have you know friends of other races, white yeah. friends, whatever that totally you know understand what's going on. But some of them, they just don't relate to what we go through and just don't relate to the problems, the race problems of this country, and they don't own it. They think it's you know something outside of themselves when they should say, "This is my." This is my country too, and if it's a problem to my countrymen, it should be a problem to me too. And we exactly. don't have a lot of that ownership going on. Exactly, and that's a good segue into our next story right here. We're going to talk about Oprah Winfrey. She had an incident over incident over in uh, Switzerland where she basically was in a bag store. Now I'm not familiar with these bags. I know a lot of our female listeners are, but these particular bags can be upwards of thirty five thousand dollars up. And like I said, if you probably didn't hear about the story, the retailer, uh, the the worker in the store told Oprah that the bag may cost a little bit too much for her to really see. So what we're going to do right here, I got another clip. Each one of our stories, I think I got a clip. (laughs) But uh, I'm going to play this clip right here, and it's dealing with the little incident over in Switzerland. Y'all check this one out. You're listening to The Middleman on Blog Talk Radio. Here we go. Zurich's most exclusive street its most exclusive shops, and the perfect customer. The TV presenter Oprah Winfrey was in town for her friend Tina Turner's wedding, and she wanted to buy a handbag to take to Tina's big day. And she, she, she refused to get it. She refused to get it. And she started to show me these other little bags, and um, I said, uh, one more time, I tried, I said, but I really do just, just really want to see that one. And she said, oh. I don't, I don't want to, to hurt your feelings. And I said, okay, thank you so much. You're probably right. You can't afford it. And I walked out of the store. Now, why does she do that? Today, the shop owner told the BBC this wasn't racism. And she's got a message for Oprah. Well, I would take you in my arms and would kiss you and apologize and tell me, really, it, it was a misunderstanding. And please forgive me and give Switzerland a chance. 
Oprah Winfrey is influential and very rich. Estimated personal wealth almost $3 billion. Although her daily talk show ended in 2011, her TV network earned her $77 million last year alone. She could have bought the entire shop, not just the £25,000 bag she had her eye on. You heard that at the end of the clip, Jim. She could have bought the whole shop <laughs> if she wanted to. Yeah. $3.3 billion, $3.8 billion, I stand corrected. Now, as you all know out there, Oprah, Oprah has put a lot of money into this movie, The Butler. Now, you have those out there that were, are speculating that, you know, this is a ploy to help that movie get more viewers. Now, the timing of it, it, you know, is I, I understand why the timing is because people ask questions, hey, how did you deal with racism? And you're going to give them the answer. So they want to put it out there like Oprah is basically using this as a ploy to make that movie go. But that's not the reason, y'all, because that movie is a good movie from what I'm understanding. But Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I'll get it again. Just give us some little something without spoiling it. Well, I I say that, you know, I was very disappointed when I went to the movies because I went on opening night and I didn't see a lot of people there. And it's like, you know, we we support, you know, support our movies about our culture, too, and about our history. And I think that it was a moving, you know, it made me cry because, you know, that and Fruitvale Station, if you haven't seen Fruitvale Station, go see it. because it's our story, it, you know. Not only it was a story about a, a butler and about his, you know, journey through the White House. It, it was a story that all of us can relate to, and we could, you know, have someone in our family like that. And and I just, I, it was an important to- story to tell. And go see it. That's all I said. Most definitely. And I truly don't believe that, you know, Oprah meaning Oprah didn't mean any harm in as far as trying to hurt the Swiss economy, as far as people talking about boycotting it or whatever. I mean, there's ignorance. All around, just like we in our last story where we were talking about Mayor Bloomberg and the stop and frisk law, you know, people in different countries, they have their own perspective and perceptions of us because somebody fed it to them, just like in Japan, just like in Europe. I mean, they feed these perceptions of black people, and this is what they think. Not saying that everybody from those countries, not all of them, think this way, but this is what happens. And I'm, I'm a lot of people are like, how did they not know this was Oprah Winfrey? A lot of people don't know that her show does not matter. show in Switzerland. It shouldn't matter if it was If I went into the store and I don't have, I can't buy, it was a Tom Ford bag, actually. I can't buy a Tom Ford bag. Probably in my lifetime I couldn't afford to buy a $35,000 bag. You know, I, but, you know, you shouldn't assume about people. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't, it's just not race. It's just assuming. You know, all of us have seen the movie Pretty Woman where she walks into the store and, you know, she has her little prostitute outfit on and the lady doesn't want to serve her. And then she comes back and she buys all these outfits and the lady feels like a fool because she misses a commission, you know, mm-hmm. on the, on the you know, the stuff. And it's like you can't assume about people. And, like, America is a, is a country of presumptions. We always Zoom, you know, by someone looks, the way they talk, or, you know, we, we put them in categories, and that's who you are, and that's who I made you, and, and that's who you, and you have, people have to stop doing that. Most definitely. If you're just tuning in today, we're talking about the minority report, which basically means we're just discussing things that are prevalent in the minority community. Uh, uh, if you just tuned, like I said, if you're just tuning in, we just talked about Mayor Bloomberg, uh, Oprah Winfrey. Now we're going to go ahead and switch gears up a little bit, Jim. We're going to talk about Russell Simmons. Now, if you've been on the rock, 
or you don't have the Internet and you don't have the Internet on your phone, uh, Russell had a spoof that he okayed on his Internet station. I forgot the name of the channel, but, um, I mean, it's a Harriet Tubman sex tape. And, you know, he came under a lot of fire in regards to this sex tape. Spoof, if I will call it a spoof. Um, But the thing about it is, when you look at our history and and how how we, you know, really, we're not, a lot of our people are not up on our history, as Jen was just saying, you know, like with the the movie that they just put out, with with Oprah Winfrey just put out, a lot of things, like even with the Black Panther movie, things dealing with uh, 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 more than just, uh, um, yeah, what is his name? Well, anyway, just dealing with a lot of people throughout our history. We need to take it a little bit more serious, and we need to not make mockery of our figures in our history uh, books or in our history, period. But Russell Simmons, like I said, he came under fire from the uh, the uh, NAACP, and he basically had to make a short apology and a response. He really didn't apologize, but he took down the spoof. And I'm going to let you all hear. This is Russell Simmons' response to the Harriet Tubman sex tape spoof. You're listening to The Middleman on Blog Talk Radio. Here we go. Well, the vision of traditional comedy, the oppressed take advantage of the oppressor. That was what I saw, although it could have been executed better, but that's what I saw without under, understanding the underlying thing is that, I mean, although in the video she seduces the slave master, it implies the, 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 the previous race. Mm-hmm. It, it, so I just saw her taking advantage of the slave master and I just let it go. I mean, I have hundreds of pieces of content. We have probably have a hundred poems that I've approved already. You probably have... Ten web series. We probably have, you know, I don't know how many skits like that. We have mm-hmm. so many skits, and you know, in in thirty years, I have never once pulled out a piece of content. Right. Thirty yeah. years. You know, I've always had controversy. I mean, I don't. Mm-hmm. This is different because, you know, there's a line which most poems don't cross, and most records mm-hmm. don't cross. When I got called, I found out that black women were so disturbed by it, it broke my heart. I'm sure I'm gonna piss off. Everybody again tomorrow. Right. I got shit that's coming that's gonna piss people off. Oh, what's coming tomorrow? I can't tell you. Not tomorrow necessarily. That day tomorrow, right. but within the next future, near future, there'll be shit that piss people off. Right. But it's not likely it'll break my heart mm-hmm. and make me react as quickly. The people around me are like, oh, does that mean that you're gonna let them push you around? No. Mm-hmm. This is about black women, which is you know they can push me around a little quicker than the rest of the entire world. <laughs> right. And I, and and they didn't push me around. They 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 educated me on how hurtful it was because I never considered rape. I just saw her seduce, take advantage of, and turn the tables mm-hmm. on the slave map. That's what I saw. Yeah. It's really f***ing bad. I'm really sorry I did it. Who else in the urban community has reached out to you? A couple of people, Dream Hamptons, people who I respect. Spike Lee spent hours and hours on the Twitter. He could call me. The NWCP called me and said, I said, oh, really? 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 NWCP has called me before <laughs> and been mad at me, and right. I work with them regularly. So I don't listen to everything they said when they explain to me this. And when other people who I really respect and who I know have a kind of, a, they explained to me. It was my brain that made the decision to pull it, mm-hmm. not outrage, because that's outrage about both everything I do. And that was Spike Lee's response to the Harriet Tubman sex tape spoof. Um, I can respect the fact that he thinks enough of uh, the sisters out here to, you know, like, hey, man, y'all offended by this? I don't want to you know, offend you guys, and, and also this is a part of our history, so I want to make things right. He went ahead and pulled that down. He said, not from pressure, because that ain't what he do, because I, I do agree with freedom of speech. I do agree with artistical um, expression, 
but when it comes to uh, certain things, and it, and, it, and it all depends on our history, how you look at it, you know, some things should be somewhat untouchable. And I'm glad that he did respond in the manner in which he did. I think that I haven't seen the I haven't seen the spoof, but you know I've heard about the content of it, and I think that one thing that they were saying, you know, in the clip that you were playing, is that you know he never considered the aspect of rape, and I think that one thing that you know we talk all the time about conversations that we haven't had in this country, and as a as black women. And how we were, our bodies and our image and anything from how we look, our sexuality has been so abused and so dishonored uh, throughout throughout American history. You know, it it is a very touchy subject and it leaks on to other areas. Back to, even for example, back to what we were previously talking about, if you go see the movie The Butler, and I won't give it what happens away, but Mariah Carey plays the butler's mother in in Macon, Georgia, Um, and David Banner plays his father, and uh, the the white people who own the land that they work on, um, one of the men takes Mariah Carey, he rapes her. And then you see David Banner, and you see not only how it affected women, but how it affected men as well, where someone could take your wife or your sister or your daughter and do whatever they want to and abuse their body like they are not human. And you as a man are forced with the dilemma of what to do. And if you do do something, you could be harmed or your family could be harmed even more is a is a power struggle that I think that added to the demasculation of our, our men as well, you know, because, right. you know, uh, the woman is, is his castle, is his, is his sanity, and, and to treat that with such disrespect affected our men as well, and I think it's a, a deeper conversation, and to play with it, I don't think it's very funny. And, and the thing about it, you know, Russell didn't do it himself, you know, he get a lot of uh, artistical people, poets. Uh, uh, artists, different type of people that that goes to a channel and submit things to him, and he uploads them, or he either brings them in under his team. So he said basically he just saw the premise of it, which it was supposed to be a spoof where you know the the slave was taking advantage of the slave master, and she's getting what she wants out of him. But the content of it and how it actually came out was in reverse of what he originally thought it was. So that's why it came out like that. You know, it's it's crazy. Um, I want to give a shout-out to our man, Dr. Reed, out there. I know he's listening on the Internet right now. And also my man, Chuck and George, Cotton King. I'm going to give y'all a shout-out again. That's a great shirt line, y'all. Make sure y'all go support that shirt line, Cotton King's over there. And all the other people that are listening online, I really do appreciate you guys out there. But, uh, Jen, what we're going to go into right now, man, this is crazy to me. Robin Thicke uh-huh. has the nerve to sue. How in the world you going to sue the Marvin Gaye family? I'm so disappointed by this because I like him. I know, I understand, but we about to get it. I don't like that little dude because, I I mean, I like him, but not like that. When I first heard the record, I was like, dang, this is Marvin Gaye record. I'm dead serious. So for you, for all of of those that that really can't see the correlation in between this right here, I'm about to show y'all what's going down right here. Check this one out. I'm about to play the Robin Thicke record, and I'm going to play a little part of the Marvin Gaye record. So y'all check this out. Y'all tell me, do these. y'all hear the similarities in this? Check this out. Here we go. Everybody get up. Woo! 
that was Robin Thicke right there. That's the Blurred Mind that's record. That's my song. I, that I, I know you, song. you. I'm going to tell you why you love it so much. This is why you love it so much. This is Marvin Gaye. Got to give it up. Check this one out.
And that was the blurred lines right there. Here we go. Here's the Marvin Gaye, back-to-back, compare and contrast. And if you want to get in this conversation, let us know what you think. The number to dial is 718-508-9972. Here's the Marvin Gaye, got to give it up. Marvin Gaye's version. Now, Jen, you had the chance to hear it twice, back to back. What do you think? Okay, I think they they sound a lot, a lot, a lot. And like I said, you still Marvin Gaye is good for his props. You know, it's good. You made a good record. Just you know, I mean, the but they're trying to say that it doesn't sound anywhere near, nor has the same feel. The key word in the suit is that the gay family. It's claiming that it has the same feel or sound. Doesn't it have the same feel or sound? And, and shout out to my man Jay Irvin uh, over on Facebook. He said it's self-explanatory. You know what I'm saying? He feels that it's basically the same record. Yeah, it, it, it is. So I think that Clifford <laughs> Harris, Mr. For, for y'all that don't know who Clifford now, Harris get is. Now get off the Clifford yeah. now. Get off named in the, he's named in the lawsuit also. Clifford Harris. I'm just saying Clifford Harris and 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 Mr. Pharrell Williams and Robin Thicke get ready to take this ale. Now I was I was going to play the uh, Sexy Ways record from Funkadelic, and I I listened to that like several times. And to be honest with y'all, I don't hear anything in that record that resembles neither one of these records. So if you get on YouTube, just type in Funkadelic Sexy Ways. If you want to see why, I don't think they, you want to see why they think that they should be included into this lawsuit. If y'all hear it in there, please email us at wearethemiddleman at gmail.com and let me know what you really think about that because that sexy way record, I, I just don't hear it, Jen, at all. But it also goes back to the fact that a lot of our R&B artists, which are, you know, the majority of young black guys that are doing this high-pitched music, um, they really need to step their game back up and get back to music that makes us feel good again. Because this is what the Robin Thicke record does. I can't front Jen. It, it got a little nice vibe to it, and we get to see Clifford yeah, Harris do his old wrong. man dance. Hmm? You should see me in the car going down 400 every morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, though, it, it, it got that get up. That that good feel to it, the good vibe of the music that we used to have, and I don't blame them for reaching back to grab that music. But the lawsuit to say that is, like you said, you got to pay homage. That lawsuit is is like really crazy. But to all those that are supporting us out there, man, we appreciate you guys once again. I know that that record is dope, and and the Marvin Gaye record is dope. Er, I will jam Marvin Gaye anytime, anywhere. Um. Once again, I want to give a shout-out to my Cotton King friends out there, the Cotton King clothing line. 
Man, if y'all brothers got a link as far as to a website or something like that so I can tell people where to get that good grade of T-shirt at, make sure y'all shoot that over there to me so I can let them know that they definitely need to be wearing this Cotton King brand. And shout-out to our co-host out there, Nick Eaton. Shout-out to our co-host, Al. Even though, you know, I really want to put your tires on flat right now, brother. But it's all good. <laughs> it's all love over here. And once again, yeah, yeah. we want to appreciate everybody that tuned in to the show today, the Minority Report, which we discussed some things that are more prevalent in our community, the minority community. Earlier we talked about Mayor Bloomberg and the Stop and Frisk Law, and also he had a little situation where he wanted to uh, basically put people thumbprints on the door where when you walk in, you just put the thumbprint down. That's in the housing projects in New York. I don't think that will go over well with the people. Um, also, with Oprah Winfrey over in Switzerland, you know, hey, if I were Oprah, I'd go by the whole block and tell them shut it down. Just saying. Also, we talked if about fire, Russell if Simmons. If the people wouldn't give her the possibility. That's what I'm saying. Like, with the quickness. And uh, we also talked about uh, Russell Simmons' YouTube channel posting up the Harriet Tubman sex tape spoof. And as you just heard a moment ago, we did a compare and contrast on the Robin Thicke Blurred Line records, which y'all know it sounds just like uh, just like the Marvin Gaye records. Uh, they, they shot me over a Facebook link. It's Facebook.com Cotton Kings. That's Facebook.com forward slash C-O-T-T-O-N-K-I-N-G-Z. That's Cotton Kings. The Kings has a G. I mean a Z. Y'all make sure y'all support them brothers out, man. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to my man Lavelle Hines out there listening to me live out there in Texas. Appreciate you, fam. Uh, man, great discussion today, Jim. Um, make sure y'all tune in this Tuesday for Tuesday Morning Takeover. We definitely got some records for y'all to listen to. I'm telling you, if you're at work, we call it the At Work Network. But if you're at work and you want to hear some good laid-back stuff that you get tired of hearing that same crap on the radio... Make sure y'all check us out Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern to 12, 12, um, that's p.m., that's Eastern also. And just log on, listen to it on your phone. If you have a smartphone, uh, you can just type in m.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the middleman. That's m.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the middleman. And you'll see all our shows posted up there. And also, we're available over on iTunes if you miss it. Get that iTunes phone jumping, which uh, we were talking about that iPhone 6. If y'all pay $800 for that, y'all smoking crack. But <laughs> but make sure you tune in to that Tuesday morning takeover. And we also have the show on Thursday. That's uh, Talk of the Town with our man Nick Eaton. Y'all make sure y'all tune in to that. That is an entertainment show. And uh, that's all I got to say right there, Jen, for it all. Yeah, right we'll there. Shout out to my Sunday. man Mike Thomas, too, man. Mike Thompson. Mike over there listening to us live on the internet. Appreciate the fam. Yeah, and next Jim? Sunday, definitely turn them because we're going to have probably, we had a couple of lighthearted shows, and so we really, you know, we know our best shows are, you know, all of them are good, but, you know, everyone loves our serious shows, so it definitely will be heated next Sunday, so tune in. Oh, yeah. I I, I don't know what direction we may want to go, but we're going to have one for you. Definitely. We got some for you, man. That's going down. Once again, we do appreciate everybody that listened to this show. Make sure you go back and download it, share it with a friend, check out our archives. We had some great shows previously uh, that you guys probably didn't get the chance to listen to or probably did because our numbers are definitely showing pretty good right now. So make sure you go back 
and check out our archives, all right? This is The Middleman. Right. I am Kevin, and she is... Vegan. Ah, we got it on time. <laughs> I'm sorry about that earlier. Uh, well, you know what, Jim? We got no time. I, I, I really want to show y'all what y'all may get the chance to listen to uh, over here on Talk of the Town. That I mean, uh, Tuesday morning takeover. I'm trying to go through my boy. I know Nick going to get mad for me playing these doggone records. Uh, let me see. Uh, well, would I be wrong for playing a Nick Eaton record? No, let's let everybody hear. Uh, and let them hear what they're here Tuesday if they tell This me. is our man Nick Eaton right here, and we're going to take y'all out with this one right here. This is what you may hear on Tuesday. Check this one out. This is Let's Chill by Nick Eaton. Check it out.